This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. Get the resources and strategy you need to grow your ministry. Check out the Curriculum tab at youthministrybooster.com today. Hey everybody, welcome to the last episode of 2017. This is episode 116 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast, the one in which we reveal your two favorite episodes of 2017. The first half of this episode is your favorite non-interview or question episode, and the second half of this episode will be some clippings of your favorite interview episode 2017. First of all, let me just say on behalf of Zach, Chad, and Kristen, we are so thankful for your listenership. So if you're brand new, check out this one out. You get two for one. And if you're catching up on old episodes, then you can know that two of the episodes you may have heard earlier this year are back because you made them possible and you made these the most listened to episodes this year. We are so thankful for your listenership, for making these listen to. Uh, you are excellent and wonderful. And if you haven't had a chance to rate, re- review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, please check it out. We are so excited for 2018. Thank you for everything that you have done to make 2017 awesome. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas and holiday season and that you're hearing this on the road, heading back home, or taking some time off and catching up and thinking and reflecting. You all have made 2017 the best. And if there was an episode that had all your voices, we would play it because you as a community are awesome. We would love to catch up with all of you at com and the community. But here you go. The most listened to question episode, episode 91. What is successful youth ministry? Apparently you wanted to know. So here you go. Episode 91, the most listened to question episode of the podcast this year. Constantly asking the question of, you know, is it successful? All those kind of things. How do we measure that? What does that look like? All How do we help be successful in giving youth ministers a success that right. they so like, like they, they they've earned it, right? Like they they are working hard. They want to do right. How do we make them feel like the the help that we have to give is successful towards their success? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, because I think like, I mean, with youth ministry booster, it's this. In my mind, and in my heart, it's it's a very different resource, right, for for youth ministers. And I think for us, success looks like creating um, really healthy and hardworking youth ministers that we run alongside, right? I mean, it's the reason that we're trying to create mastermind groups for for members to join together. It's the reason that we we're allowing like video conference calls that will take like this exact conversation of what success is. And next Thursday, we're going to have an open conference call for all of our members to talk about, to wrestle with each other, um, and help us all develop and fine tune um, what success really is okay. in our ministry and in our life. Well, and I think I think that's one of the things that's worth talking about, Chad, is I think success happens inside of some level of community, right? So if we're, if we're going to break down what successful ministry looks like, I think we've got to break down even what success looks like. And so if you're listening today and you're a youth minister, let's just take a pause and just talk about for a minute maybe the process or the arc of success. Because I feel like a lot of folks are hoping to just like – fall into it, right? I think this is the difference, at least for me, the categories of like a win and a success is like sometimes like wins happen, right? Like (laughs) what is, sorry, can I get country for a moment, right? Like, you know, even, even a blind hog finds a, finds a, an acorn, everyone, a truffle acorn every once in a while, right? Like everyone's, don't ever do that again. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) It's, it's okay. Sorry. We'll, we'll fix it later. (laughs) 
but like like sometimes you can stumble into a win, right? Like sometimes you can like happen to win, right? Like sometimes things just work out and like the the stuff all falls together. But I feel like success is a little more orchestrated. When when I say that, I mean this. Like there there is like a progression or like an arc or a process to it in which you, like you had a goal set out, like you wrote up, you defined. You, you you planned and then you you executed it then you evaluated right so there's a there's like a definition there's the work and then there's the evaluation of were we successful in what we were trying to do and then that on loop becomes the like the forward kind of momentum progression of becoming not just a success but successful and for a lot of youth ministry folks I think that they're just kind of moving from win to win so like the wind is blowing and every once in a while they win and every once in a while they lose but there isn't enough like like gathering and planning of like how am I going to in a season of very difficult work keep my mind right keep my focus true that I'm working towards the other side of this which is going to take me three years but on the other side of it I believe because of what we defined early that we're going to find some 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 success in what we're trying to do and so I I think that the the, the important thing to start off with is there's got to be a community around you if you are a lone ranger in defining what you're going to do, getting the work done, and then evaluating it, like, I'm sorry, friend, it's probably not going to be truly successful because you are either lacking the vision to see what needs to get done, lacking the effort or energy to get it all done, or worst of all, you are either your harshest critic and you will not allow yourself to succeed, mm-hmm. or you're your softest critic <laughs> and you will just let it let it adjust a little bit, right? Like you might write that goal of like, I want to see our, our our group grow, or I want to see people, um, you know, start attending our our, our midweek service by X number of percent, and then later you go and you like make it seven percent instead of twelve percent, right? <laughs> like, kind of soften the. I'm only going to have twenty one hundred calories today, or or maybe thirty one hundred because the ice cream was was cheaper. And so you've got to have people in your life, uh, community coaches, support. And I think that's like the, that's the booster difference, right? You have to have people around you that are helping guide you, shape you, and encourage you in both what you are defining to do, and then also how you're evaluating that success that you want to get done. Well, and I, I think that that's really good, right? Because if if you're the only one that has input in how your ministry is successful or small groups are successful or whatever it may be, then um, you're the only one going to evaluate that. And, right. and so like the other people that would be in that or around that or that are affected by it, they may have a completely different view of what successful is, right? Yeah. In that context. And so I, I would actually press back a little bit because at the end of the day if you're the only one that thinks it's successful is it successful (laughs) right success should be celebrated if you get done and you go ah and there's nobody else around cheering question what you actually even did (laughs) right well and and i mean i i want to be very careful in this statement and please hear my heart listeners but man, I, I see so many and hear from so many like youth ministers that post on, you know, uh, Facebook or whatever, that it's like they're really upset because they were let go from their church, right? 
And then they'll have this like laundry list of all these things they did really well. And Chad, you're so right in saying like like they may have been working hard. And I, I don't want anybody yeah. listening to think that like we're not saying that you you could you could work super hard on your own and put all the energy into it. But if you miss the definition and the evaluation and the correct kind of parentheses, you may not have the success that you were looking for because you did it on your own terms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, Chad. Like when we when we talk to youth ministers, the first thing we say to anybody that's starting in a new position is you need to have a sit-down conversation with whoever the leadership person is, senior pastor, elder board, staff parish relations committee, whoever is in charge of the, the movement of the church, the, the, the designation stuff for the church, the senior leadership, and you'd ask them, what is successful youth ministry here? Because what you think it might be, what you brought to the table, and what you're kind of casting as vision, and what they were looking for maybe very different things, right? Like we've we've talked about this before of like a student minister who went to every single football game, was at every single student activity. The kids loved him. The, the they made him honorary president of student council, and yet like for the Sunday and Wednesday stuff, the lessons were lacking. There was no parent communication or email or newsletter. And so when they have the conversation of what did you do? What did you get done? This is what we're looking for. It's like two ships passing in the night. And so I think there's got to be that awareness and that reality that part of the defining what's going to work and what's not going to work needs to be inviting the right people in to help kind of set those right kind of parameters for what you're even working on. Okay, so let's play this game, Zach. (laughs) I love love games. Okay, so I'm going to give you a person or a group, okay, Okay. that is connected to a student ministry, and you tell me, and I know that there's going to be differences between different churches, personalities, all that kind of stuff. But you tell me what you think their view of success and expectation Ooh, okay. of the youth ministry is, okay? Is there a right or wrong answer, or do I have to qualify? No, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. But I think that for each of us, am evaluating where we're at our current situation and asking, okay, of my people that are these, um, what is their view of success? Okay. And, and, um, am I meeting those needs, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, most of these people that we're talking about, it's going to be their view of success are certain needs or, you know what I mean, desires that they have inside their you know, church community. All right, so senior pastor. Ooh. What do you think most senior pastors view as successful student ministry or successful student minister? Uh, I think most. I think most are, are gauging it. Uh, by some kind of Sunday attendance, right? Like they're, 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 for them, there is a number they're looking for. It might be Sunday, it might be midweek, but there is a weekly number that they're looking for and they want that number to grow. So whether it's Sunday morning, like life group or like midweek worship, wh- whatever the scorecard is, they want to see that number go up. And then alongside that, they want to see, at least in a lot of the traditions that I've worked with, some kind of like decision count number, right? So they want to see kids that are, um, you know, f- accepting or following or committing to Christ for the first time, or people that are surrounding to ministry, but there there needs to be for them, I think, some very quantifiable numbers that they can look at and say our the, our student ministry is X big or is you know X Y in the way in which they make decisions. One of the, one that I would add to that is yeah, yeah. I think there's there's an expectation that. The students whose families are connected into that church. Okay. 
So maybe may, maybe maybe x over y plus z, right? So it's the students, <laughs> but how many of them are now having their full families involved? So not just right. students at church, but family units that have joined the church. So maybe some yeah. kind of joinership. Okay. Oh, and also like kids that maybe mom and dad and their families been a part of the church for a long time that those students are connected into your student ministry. Okay. Like I've met a lot of youth ministers that struggle with their senior pastor because the strategy and the vision of their student ministry is connecting like a certain type of student. Okay. Right? And then what will end up happening is um, you're not mindful of who you currently have. And so you'll create a ministry structure that is very different than the actual kids in your church. Sure. And a lot of those kids don't feel like they belong anymore. And so then you've got kids that are part of the the overall church that aren't a part of your student ministry. Okay. And that, that causes some rubs. Yeah. And I, I've I've along the way have met more than one youth minister that are reaching a bunch of um outside church kids. Um, but aren't doing a real great job at shepherding their kids in their church, and and those guys end up finding a new place pretty quick. Well, and and that's I think that's important to say. If your church is one that really values children's ministry, which it probably does, they probably value youth ministry in so much. And how they value children's ministry, which is the way in which it contributes to family ministry at the church, right? Like the youth ministry is not the mission of the church. The youth ministry is something that helps support the bigger vision of reaching families in your church. And so, again, maybe that's unfair, especially in maybe some of the like areas in which you are ministering or love to minister. But I think it's real careful to keep that language of youth ministry and mission to young people or mission to yeah. youth in the right kind of lens. That's good, man. Okay. Well, and and I think that this is a, a, a good thing for us all to remember is our student ministry is underneath the umbrella of the church as a whole. That's right. And That's so right. when we start creating visions outside of the vision of our senior pastor and our church or elder board or however your church is led, then we're going to find ourselves in trouble pretty quickly. Yeah. And so I think it's important if you're wondering, um, man, how does my senior pastors view success? Ask them, get into their office, have these conversations, um, and find out. You know, I, a lot of times when we don't ask the questions, we make assumptions. I, I think it's important that um, we're having these conversations. We're seeing um, up front, what does my senior pastor want? And and let's be honest with ourselves because we're like this and senior pastors are like this as well. Sometimes the things that we say are different than the way that we act on the back end. Okay. And so my, my encouragement to you is this. Know that the things that people celebrate are what they value. So the question is back to you. What are you celebrating? Because it's probably what you value. And if you're not celebrating, then start celebrating. What's the good that's happening in and around your ministry, in and around your church? Because if we celebrate what's good, we might see more of it. Okay, thanks for listening to episode 91. The recap, here is the most listened to interview episode of the podcast this year. We interviewed a lot of great people, but either he did the Twitter wrestling or just had the people show up and listen. Um, our friend from the other youth ministry podcast that we love so very much, 
It's Ryan Baker from episode 71 from Not a Real Pastor or When You're Going to Be a Real Pastor podcast, sharing his stories of youth ministry in the Northeast about longevity, uh, poolside manner, and driving vans in a new way. Ryan, take it. Started uh, September of 2000. Very nice. So let's let's dive into the, one of the first questions that we like to ask is, I mean, what got you into youth ministry? 17 years ago, what in the world were you thinking? <laughs> Great question. Um, so, Chad, here's the deal, right? Um, there is zero evidence of this now, but I was actually in school to become a physical education teacher. I wanted to be a gym teacher. Um, but... But my wife and I, we got married during our uh, college years, and she was a, slightly ahead of me. And so I stopped classes and got a job and, and worked. And then once she finished up, uh, she got her first teaching job. And so um, I was just getting ready to jump back into my classes and finish my degree when a friend came up to me and he said, listen... I know that you volunteer at your church in youth ministry, and I've seen your heart for students. And the church I'm going to now is a growing church, and they're looking to hire their first youth pastor, full-time youth pastor. And he says this to me, he goes, I I prayed for 10 nights straight, and every night the Lord put you on my mind and on my heart. And she goes, what do you think? Do you think you'll apply and I said, absolutely not. I've got plans. <laughs> and, uh, and so that, that's how that started. Now, listen, at the time, I was actually working as a preschool teacher. And I will tell you this. There is <laughs> what prepared me for youth ministry. It was being a preschool teacher. I mean, <laughs> being responsible for 22 four-year-olds by myself in a room. You know, the other teacher would go, yeah, I think I'm going to go um, organize the book closet for an hour. Here, you got, you got the class, right? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and so people would ask me, so Ryan, what's the difference between being a preschool teacher and a youth pastor? And I would say pretty much preschoolers are shorter. And, uh, and you don't have to help them out with bathroom problems. Although I will tell you that after entering a bathroom where a teen has been in there, uh, assistance definitely was needed. And I heard, literally, I heard the Spirit of the Lord ask me this question. Um, so are you going to run your life or am I? I mean, that is, mm-hmm. what, that is what I felt God was speaking to me. And I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I said no. I didn't even pray about this. And man, the Lord got a hold of my mind and heart that moment. And I called my wife. I woke her up and I said, you're not going to believe this. This could happen. And she goes, you know, I really sensed that the Lord was going to do something different in our lives. Three months later, I was hired and I was the church's first youth pastor and only youth pastor. And I got to build this program. And I... That's awesome. And 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 I, I want to share this scripture because this has been a foundational scripture in in my ministry, and, it, and God gave it to me kind of right away. And it's Psalm seventy eight verse seventy two, and it's and it talks of David as as a leader. It says that David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands he led them, and that has been my anchor verse for my calling into youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that that. That order is important, you know. I think a lot of times we want to make sure that we're good at what we do, that we have, you know, the skillful hands to be able to do what God has called us to do. But we've got to make sure that we work first and foremost, that we have this integrity of heart. 
And um, mm. so that's kind of my anchor verse, my calling verse. And that's kind of how God reached me there in that, that lifeguard chair at 5.30 in the morning, you know, speaking to my heart in that still, small Italian voice. <laughs> hey, oh, are you going to run your yeah. life or am I? What's it going <laughs> to be here, pal? No. And uh, so that's, that's kind of how that, uh, that happened. Man, dude, I love that's a that's a phenomenal story, and and I think for so many youth ministers that I get to talk to, um, there there seems to be that thread, yeah. right, of this like, you know, like God's calling us into this ministry, and for some of us, like we have this like pushback of no, no, no I want kind of want to do my own thing. I mean, here you were, right? I mean, you were pursuing the big money maker job of being a gym <laughs> coach. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, you know, we, it, it seems like we, we want to run after these, um, you know, fine a- ambitions of our own. And then God calls us, um, into this, you know, I often hear people talk about, um, you know, I couldn't do anything else but student ministry. And, and so that's when I knew that, you know, that that was this calling. And I think sometimes like that's almost said in this negative way, right? right? right. Like God pushed me into youth ministry. But I think for many of us that have been in it for a long time, like um, we know how much of a joyous calling that is for ourselves. And that's one of the things that, man, I, I love about you guys' show is I think you guys, you focus on the privilege and the importance of the calling that God has for your life now, right? The student ministry is not this like stepping stone to something better or this like holding pattern until God's really ready to right, use right. us, right? Um, and, and I think that's huge, man. Um, all right, so you've been in it 17 years, one church. What has been one of your favorite moments in youth ministry? That's a hard one to answer. And I love these questions because it really caused it, – it took me down memory lane, man. And uh, right. it, it brought a lot of good memories to the forefront of my mind. You know, it's, it's definitely hard to choose just one. I mean, I love seeing youth run stuff at church. You know, I love them seeing taking ownership of children's programs and, you know, leading worship and reading the scripture, um, getting involved in different ministries. You know, we don't have at our church – we don't do like a youth Sunday. Uh, we just believe that every Sunday is Youth Sunday. Just get these mm-hmm. kids plugged in and get them serving the Lord. Um, I, I thought back to the countless mission trip moments where um, it was obvious that God was working in their lives, that he was doing something amazing in them, uh, and that it was obvious that God was powerfully working through them. Um, those have been just exciting, exciting moments. I love to see uh, young people come to Christ. I mean, those are just euphoric, like, whoa, I can't believe right. that I got to witness this kid invite Jesus Christ into his life. Um, I love seeing breakthroughs. I love seeing kids get get uh, the healing and the help that they need. Um, I love having students come back and pour into the ministry here. Uh, that We've got a couple of kids that are doing that right now, a couple of uh, young adults, and it's it is fantastic to see. Um, but I, I'll kind of hone in on this one moment, which was really sort of a culmination of two years. And it's, mm. it's in the story of one young man. A father reached out to me and said, my son is going to um, a school in your town. And this school is for uh, troubled teens, teens who are going through a tough time. 
And, you know, we know the Lord. He knows the Lord. He's going through some dark times. And we live about an hour away. And we're just trying to get him plugged into a, a youth group in the area. So I met with this dad and heard this dad's heart. And, um, and it was obvious that, that this was going to be, um, you know, a long road for, for this young man and for this family. Well, I, I, I got to meet this, um, this, uh, this young man and we kind of brought him into our youth ministry and we welcomed him with open arms and he was in rough shape. Um, you know, he was, um, I'll, I'll tell you this one story. He's a phenomenal musician. And so we invited him to be a part of our, our youth band. And, um, and he would, before kind of hitting the stage, sometimes he would disappear for a little bit and he would come back and he'd have some fresh cuts on his arm. And, mm. um, and it was just so sad. I mean, dark eyeliner, the whole bit, he was, he was really struggling. Well, I got to tell you, Seeing the way that my leaders and the, and the other students in the ministry just let him work stuff out, um, mm-hmm. allowing um, allowing as he allowed us to pray for him and to minister to him, and and it was you know it was tough stuff. And over the course of of two years, his junior year and his senior year in high school, we partnered with his mom and his dad, and we just loved on this kid and. And I got to tell you, he just visited our youth group last week and he's going to a Christian college and he's majoring in music and God has done such an amazing work in his life. And I remember one particular youth night when he walked through those doors and his whole countenance had changed. The dark eyeliner was gone. He was walking with his head up high and you could tell that this kid, um, shed some of those, those demons, shed some of those, mm-hmm. those problems. And, um, he was walking lighter. He was, there was a, um, sort of a brightness to him and it was such an amazing thing to witness. And I just had, it's just a moment of, oh my goodness, this youth ministry in this church, I'm so proud of them because, you know, they took in a stranger and they ministered to this young man in such a way that it really, truly helped change his life. So. Yeah, man. Isn't it so humbling? Oh, like moments crazy. like that, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, those to me, like over the years have been those moments where like, I, I would agree with you. When, when I think back to the, like the big moments in my student ministry, like I often think about like the individual, yeah. yes. right? Like the individual yep. kid. And, and there are always these moments where you're like, I I can't believe I get to do yep. this, right? I can't believe that there's a church that actually pays me money to, you know what I mean? Yes. To like, just to try to, to be faithful and live out what I feel like God's called me to do. It's huge, man. Um, you know, se- 17 years in and we all have these great moments, but, but we always, we often have really difficult yeah. times. And so the question that we like to ask on after nine is, you know, tell us about the night that you almost quit. And the reason that I love that story um, is because it has the, the word almost yeah. in yeah. it, right. That, that we hung around, that we stuck in it because I think for, you know, maybe some of our listeners here today, um, if we're just running from good moment to good moment, um, there's going to be seasons where it's difficult. So, Ryan, tell tell me about a time that you almost hung it up. You know, I absolutely, I love my church, and I'm thankful 
for what I have. And, you know, 17 years, it ma- you know, it's a family. It makes it a family. All right. Um, but there have been, uh, you know, a handful of situations and handfuls of times, um, uh, a handful of people in the past that have really, you know, wounded me. I, I had a, I had a guy once threatened to burn my house down. And look, there, you got to know something about <laughs> ministry in New England, right? There's no Southern, oh, bless your heart, and then stab you in the back, right? It's you pretty much. No, hold on. What, what you don't know about the South is bless your heart means, means I will burn your house. <laughs> exactly. There is no bless your heart. We skip that and go right into I'll burn your house down. Uh <laughs> And, you know, so you really not, you kind of know where you stand with people up here. And I actually really like it that way. Um, you know, and I, and I could think about two or possibly three ministerial assassination attempts on me. Um, and it's, it's really amazing you know, how much damage just a few people can do. You know, and sometimes sure. divisive people are, are given passes because they maybe do a lot of stuff in your church or, you know, they're really active and they get things done. But, like that stuff just comes with shrapnel sometimes, or you know, right. I, I think back and when there was maybe times where there was a lack of vision or direction, um, and then the bean counters and the the, the hunters emerge, and you know, start looking right. at everything underneath the microscope, and you know, um, you know what used to not be an issue now all of a sudden is a is a huge problem because there's that vision gap. Um, and, and I will t- and I, I'm going to be honest, you know, there were days, Chad, where I would be in tears and just telling my wife that I am not sure I can do this anymore. And I'm sure that you, if this is not the first time that you have heard this from, you know, people that you have interviewed and, and at the same time telling her, honey, rip up the letter, (laughs) delete the email, just let it go. That's not going to solve anything. And, And again, that's not a representation of, of, of my whole church experience, but it's interesting because I can't, my reason for quitting wasn't necessarily wanting to quit, I should say, was not necessarily related to youth ministry. It was just ministry in a church sometimes was just mm-hmm. so challenging. Um, but I, I will share this one event, and um, it, it, this, was, this was a tough one for me. Um, uh, we, had, we were three hours into our winter retreat. My wife had come with us, and uh, she broke her leg in two places. Oh. And so I was up with her, you know, that whole night and the, the whole next day. And we had a mom drive up in a minivan so that we can bring her home. Um, and there was uh, – she was going to just take her kids at that moment because one of them wasn't feeling good. And, and, um, and one had to be uh, at a dance thing or something like that. And she goes, you just look beat and you look tired. She goes, I, I just drove up the five hours and I'll just drive them back. And I said, you know what? No, I know this route like the back of my hand. Let me, let me drive it back. I was running on adrenaline. Well, Chad, about an hour from home, I fall asleep at the wheel and crash the car. Oh. Um, and so, you know, it, uh, we totaled the vehicle. Uh, the firefighters that came onto the scene said, it is a miracle that you guys are alive. We rode about 65, 70 feet of guardrail and, um, and somehow didn't, didn't flip, flip the van. Um, meanwhile, my wife is in the back seat with a broken leg. And, um, and I just remember thinking, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that I 
that I could let this this happen. And uh, it was a really low point for me. You know, of course, you beat yourself up in that situation. I mean, I could have killed these three kids. I could have killed my right. wife. I could have killed this mom. And um, and I, I just remember uh, feeling very um, – man, it's, it's really even hard to describe what that really feels like. Um, mm-hmm. But that was that night and a few nights after thinking um, – yeah, I think I'm just going to walk away from being responsible for kids. You know, right. uh, this it was too much to bear just to even think about that I could have could have killed sure. could have killed them. Uh, but you know, I received grace from those families. Talk about an opportunity to really s- receive forgiveness and grace and love. And people came around me and loved us and blessed us and helped us through that. Um, so yeah, yeah, man. You know. One of the things that that we feel like those kind of questions are so important is, you know, I I think for a lot of youth ministers, especially young ones, I I think we can look at other youth ministers, right? And it's like, oh, they have it all together, right? Right, right. (laughs) Here's Ryan. He's been at his church for 17 years. I'm I'm sure he's got it all figured out and he never has any difficulties. And And I think the enemy wants to deceive us in that way, right? That it's like, oh, it's always better the other place. And so you have guys that jump from here to there. And I think it's important to hear from, from guys that are honest and open and go, man, there were, there were seasons that were really tough. There were seasons that I wanted to hang it up, but, but I stuck in there and I I hung in there. And this is what God's able to do through that process of um, being persistent and, and patient. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Ryan and every other amazing person that we got to interview in 2017. We've got some really great ones lined up for next year. Friends, pastors, youth workers, thanks for listening. You have made this podcast this year so exciting and so fun. And we look forward to next year and all the great fun that we're going to have together. Check out youthmistrybooster.com for ways that you can support and contribute to the conversation. And we'll see you back next week.